Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. It's not me eating this time, you guys. It's Tim. Because it's Monday night, not Sunday night. Because for some reason, my uh, my DVR did not record uh, The Walking Dead this week on time. It didn't start the recording until like 11. So if you guys don't know, uh, basically Dustin's kids' bedtime is 9 o'clock. Right. Which means that we actually wait till 9 o'clock on Sunday night. And we're in Central Time. Mm-hmm. To watch The Walking Dead after the kids go to bed. And it's weird. I've always thought that Central Time was really strange because, like, it's 8 o'clock here, and so Walking Dead comes on, and it's, like, super gross and violent. So, like, that's, like, totally safe harbor times. Like, so, I don't know. It's very strange. They're thinking more of the old network standards, mm-hmm. whereas cable doesn't really have those. Right. So, uh, I'm Tim. And I'm Dustin. This is Apocalypse Now. It is. So yeah, I'm going to eat the, the ice cream cone. Why don't you start talking about this, tonight's episode of The Walking Dead, or rather yesterday's episode <laughs> of The Walking Dead. Tonight, whatever. Um, I don't know where to start. I, do I want to, I guess, I guess the simplest way, place to start is going to be with Carol. Because uh, it's in the aftermath of the of the the um, the attack on Hilltop, and a bunch of the uh, the saviors escaped, and they're going to go out to uh, Morgan is going to go out to kill them, and Carol decides she is going to go with him. Because she is going to try and convince him not to kill them. To, like, now we need to try and find a better way. And I really kind of love, like, well, I guess, you know, really what's happened is is Carol has come back to herself. And she even says this later in the episode. Um, she, she feels like she lost herself for a little while. Um, after Sophia died, and then, then the people the Team Zombie, our original crew, helped bring her back, a better version of her, a more a version of her that would survive. But slowly but surely, she lost that person again. But she's come back, and she's, and that is more than like, you know, that's been with the help of Ezekiel and Morgan. Morgan and Ezekiel and the people of the kingdom, and of course our normal people, have helped to bring her back. And she feels like, she can do the same thing for Morgan. And so she's going out, and on her way out, when she's going out with Morgan, Ezekiel's like, hey, uh, you guys want to look for Henry too? Maybe? Just a little? Just because he's a child? And <laughs> both Morgan and Carol are like, no, Henry is dead. And so they go out, to find these saviors and for and and they have a really good a lot of really good conversations Carol and Morgan and I'm you know I was very much enjoying it but then they see a walker with a stick in it and they think uh oh 
That stick belongs to the worst child in the world. <laughs> so maybe we should go and see if... And Carol's like, maybe we should go see if he's alive. And Morgan's like, nope. If we go, we're going to find him dead. And I don't, I'm don't. i not feeling like finding him dead. So Carol goes off on her own. What's interesting about this, this shot, by the way, is that it's there's a visual symbolization here. There is a... It is literally a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. There's There's another road going to this and if you go forward on this road um, it takes you through the path that the the saviors, saviors have gone and there are there's a bunch of zombies there there's a bunch of walkers uh, a, a herd moving down the highway but that's the path that the saviors took so that's where Morgan uh, that's where Morgan wants to go but Carol literally has to turn off the path of violence. <laughs> Uh, to go find Henry. And what's curious about this scene and what what they do in Morgan throughout the entire episode is the symbolism is there, but it's not like, you don't get like the aerial shot where you mm-hmm. see the fork or anything like that. It's just, it's there in the background of the shot. They're, they're, they, it's the way they frame it. You can see both right. the path they came from over Carol's with her right shoulder, and then over her left shoulder, you can see the path she has to go to find Henry. Mm-hmm. And the path ahead of her is the path with the walkers and the saviors. And so you literally have this these characters who are talking about the choices they've made and the paths they are taken. And these there's visual symbolism, but it's not over. It's not beating you over the head with right. it. It's it's really well done in those particular scenes. Yeah. So Carol goes off to find him. And she keeps finding, like, clues, like, there, you're going to come across a zombie child. Like, there's a bloody uh, shoulder pad on the ground. But she hears him yelling for help. And so she runs, and she runs to a river. And she crosses the river and runs to the other bank to a tree that's roots. I've created, like, a little... On, like, a little cave next to the riverbank. And inside there is Henry, and he's surrounded by walkers. And I'm not going to do the research. I'm not going to Google image it. But it is my firm belief that it is the same tree that Rick left Sophia in back in Season 2. Well, it's not going to be the same tree, but I think certainly the symbolism again... Is a no. I bet you it is the same tree because while they are set in quote unquote Virginia now, they've never left Atlanta. Well, yeah, that's very true. They, they walked. They walked on this. They still walked on the same three miles of road in every <laughs> single episode. Well, that's because Georgia and and uh, Virginia and Washington D.C. all have the same topography. Exactly. So I'm, I, I am of the firm belief, with no research, that it's the same tree that she I, goes in and finds Henry in, pulls him out, it, and it saves It may him. very well be the same tree, but it almost doesn't have to be, because, the, the, the again, the whole visual themes of so much of what's happening in this episode, there's a lot about what people see and what they perceive, because we'll mm-hmm. talk about Morgan and his perceptions right. as well. But... It's yeah. It's very much that sense of almost. It's not really redemption for her in well, this case, but it's it's that sense of of she's not been able to save a lot of children, right? 
and to be able to save one is is a is a real triumph for well, Gary. and also you know, the first time when Sophia ran off into the woods, Carol wasn't strong enough to go. Right, she had to send Rick to save her own daughter, and it ultimately ended up losing her. But now, Carol is the one who is able to go to that riverbank and save the child. Well, so while it's... while Rick is, oh, we'll get to Rick on yeah. <laughs> uh, so they and it's a great moment because because with Sophia, the loss it was the loss of modernity mm-hmm. with Carol. She 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 lost the thing that made her a mother, and then Sophia too, and puppy. She started to have that again. That I, well, first at the prison, she was starting to regain that again by teaching the children survival skills and like, here's what you need to to survive, and here's what we can become. Yet at the same time at the prison, she was also becoming so obsessed with protecting them that she became a bit of a monster right. to do it. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, she did kill a couple of people there. Anyway, so... Little and details. Then with Sophia and Puppy, having having Sophia 2 kill Puppy and then having to kill Sophia 2 herself, that, again, pushes the maternity away. You know, this is not something that Carol can come to. And then the kid, what was his name? The, 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 the agoraphobic one in Alexandria when they first oh, got right, there? Oh, right, yeah. I don't remember his name. Um, he was the same way. Like, he came come and tried to get her again, tried to... Children were drawn to her, drawn to this power that Carol has. Mm-hmm. And the strength that she had. And, and she kept pushing away that maternalness. And I think now we've seen a turning point in her where she has come back to it. She's realized she doesn't have to, to survive. To be, one of, to be a strong person doesn't mean turning away from that part of her again. Well, I think what's interesting about Carol, and we've talked about this before, is that of all the characters in the show, for a character especially that, that we left behind in the comic books long ago, mm-hmm. I mean, Carol in the comics is long dead. Mm-hmm. And we've seen several characters who have lived in the comic or died in the comic or you know, continued on or, and, or died in the show. Uh, but the character development they've done with Carol, the way that they've taken her through her emotional highs and lows, um, Melissa McBride's performance, of course, is obviously... Uh, just amazing. She's done a really, really fantastic job. Um, because she has been, for a character who has bounced right up to the edge of madness mm-hmm. more than once, um, who has gone right, right up to the edge of just walking away from all of this more than once, she keeps finding ways of of getting through and keeping what makes her a truly strong, caring person. Right. Uh, somebody who can be, in many ways, Daryl's best friend. Right. Uh, somebody who can be a mother figure, who can be a supporting uh, support for characters like Morgan. Right. Uh, she's got or that... Or try, anyway. Well, yes, and, and, and Lenny James is another character we need to talk, another actor we yeah. talk about in terms of his performance um, for Morgan. But, no, Carol's just an amazing, um, an amazing character to deal with uh, because... Where we can beat our head heads against the wall trying to understand why they are consistently writing Rick as someone who just can't move beyond Ugh. certain points. Carol, you know, 
she might not she might stick at that point for a while, but she will move on. Uh-huh. And it might be a tragedy that forces her on, but yeah. Well, I did I did kind of a bad thing. Oh dear. Well, cuz we missed it last night. Mhm. Um but part of my routine on Monday is that I go and I read all of the recaps and reviews on io9 and av club you had those. spoilers i did but i didn't say a word Here. to you no, uh, you did not you did you did not but i that. so i kind of knew what was coming tonight and and we can talk about rick in a minute because he's going to need a minute <laughs> but anyway uh you're right all a lot of characters have shown that kind of growth and that that ability to step beyond, to be pushed to their limit and step beyond. And Rick has not shown that ability. He does not have that ability. Well, and I, what concerns me about Rick, uh, and, I, and we'll talk about Morgan after Rick here. Let's just talk about Rick. For okay. Then. Because what concerns me about Rick is that this episode paints a very clear picture that Rick wants to die. To me, this mm-hmm. is what, I mean, he is, he, is, he is a death wish. Without Carl, he's having a really hard time getting... Having a thing to live for, and and I right, and what concerns me, and so Rick walks in on Michonne reading Carl's letter to her, mm-hmm. and she's crying, and he, clearly not the first time she's read this letter, right? And he comes in, and she has the letter in her hand, and she says, "Do you want to read this?" And he says, "No," and she goes, "Well, what did Carl say in your letter?" And he's like, "I don't know." And this is the first time I think I realized that Rick has not read Carl's letter. I thought he read it back before he tried to kill Negan for the first time. We saw him reading a letter, but the implication is now very, very strong that he read Negan's letter and not his own. Right. And what's interesting about that scene right there to me is that, well, a lot of people, when people dealing with a death, there are things you don't want, you know, if you have a final letter, or a final message. Mm-hmm. You don't want to listen to it because if you listen to it, it's, it's an end. It's a, it's over. Yeah, I mean, there's you've there's so many different ways where intellectually you can know they're gone. But if this is another way of taking a little bit more away from them, mm-hmm. as long as that's out there, some of them still alive. People listening to answering machine messages or calling right. calling the other person's cell phone to listen to the to their voice again. Guardians in the galaxy. Star Lord kept the last present his mother gave him yeah. and refused to open it for the entire for like twenty years. And there's all these different things that are that are that's a real emotional moment for mm-hmm. Rick and Andrew Lincoln. To, to, for all the for all the problems with all the problems with the way Rick is written, Andrew Lincoln turns in a really fantastic performance when he's given the chance to. I'm worried because okay, like you said, this is a, you feel like this is a clear indication. That that Rick, this episode is another clear indication that Rick wants to die. I am also kind of getting the feeling that Andrew Lincoln is no longer invested in protecting this character, in protecting Rick. Because some of the things that he has done, like he skirted up, like his pendulum, the, the, the famous Rick pendulum of, <laughs> you know, I have to be totally peaceful and perfect and farmer and that I'm a insane killing machine like he's come up like he's he has but he's always when he's come up to the murder side of that pendulum Mm -hmm. it's always been justified like I'm gonna kill you because I'm 
no other, like, even with the fine young cannibals, like, when he killed all of those guys in the church, that was a, you have crossed a severe line, and you deserve to die, because if you don't die here, you are going to be a danger to the world. Right. The same thing with the claimers. You all have to die because you are a severe danger to the world. Tonight, Rick crossed that line and killed people... Innocent people that would have... Well, okay. See, I'm going to disagree with you on, on the point that this is... What, what we saw tonight is... Because Rick... I think Rick wants to die at this point. Because he feels that Carl, you know, Carl was taken from him. And, mm-hmm. and he can't... He can't be angry at... The random walker who bit him. Because that random walker is gone. You know, it was an accident. There's no one to blame. Strictly speaking. The the most convenient person, living person to blame, is, you know, someone who Carl saved. Mm-hmm. He can't go after that target. Even right. though he's, you know, you could that, that anger that could easily be assigned there. He right. can't assign it there. True. He's already at war with Negan. He's already at war with the Saviors. He already has the mindset that we have to destroy the enemy so they can't hurt us again. As to whether or not the Saviors are innocent... No, I'm not talking about the... Sa- I'm talking about these specific men all right, so in what, this specific bar at this specific time. So what basically is happening here is that when... Carol goes off to see if she can find Henry. Well, Michonne says, "Oh, know, right." She's got to, you know, have. He goes, "I haven't read it yet." Basically, and she goes, "Well, you're not going anywhere till you do." Right. He goes, "I got to go get some food." She goes, "No, no, you need to. You need." He said, "She says, when this happened to me, I know the feeling. I know what you're going through, and you remember that Michonne had a baby mm-hmm. that did not make it through, and." And what is it? Was it a husband or a boyfriend? A husband or, or a boyfriend and, and, a, and a other a brother yeah. and all the you know she had family that she lost too and and Andrea got her out of that yeah saved her from that and helped her move move past it and she says I'm going to be that person for you I'm going to help you move past it hold that thought I've got to run to Costco super duper yeah, fast she promptly disappears at this point instead of sitting there going vanishes knowing full well that Rick has the same problem that Carl did about staying in the house uh-huh. so. So Rick, like, holds the letter, and he looks at it for a minute, but then he leaves. And he, basically, he's going to go after them, and... Well, he goes to Aiden. Yeah. Or not Aiden. What is his name? The the little, the little blonde savior who basically... Alden. Alden. Yeah, his name is Alden. And he goes to him and says, if if it was you, where would they go? And he's like, well, they'd go back to the saviors. He goes, no, 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 where, where, if it was you, where would they go? And he's like, well, there's just a bar about three Mm -hmm. miles away, and... And you know, and he's you know, and then he and then he says, "Then listen, a lot of these guys made this know that they made a mistake by running. A lot of these guys, please just do me the favor of try not. Please don't kill any more than you have to kill, because I he says I know some of these guys regret it, and I'm, I know if you gave them the chance, they would come back and want to, and and join you and become you know." change like i did you know if you give them the chance they will come come back with you and join this community 
And and Rick says, well, okie doke. <laughs> he basically says, I'll think about it, with the, with the subtext being, no. No, this is it's very nice that you asked that. I'm going to kill them all. Right. So he, well, Carol has gone off to find uh, tiny, tiny, horrible little Henry. Henry. Maybe he'll get better. He, well, you know, there, uh, sadly, Dustin and I are, you, you and I are torn in that sort of, Please let him be dead. Please let yeah. Henry be dead. Please, and or we don't want him to die because Carol doesn't want him to be dead. Well, and I, mean, I like I said when when she ran when she when she ran to the river, I was like, huh. And then when she ran to the tree, I was I looked at you and I pointed at the screen mm-hmm. and I was like, look at what's happening. And part of me was like, this is so cool. She is. They're giving her the symbolic reclaiming. She's saving the child that she lost. She's saving all the children she lost. Mm-hmm. But another part of me is like, she's saving fucking Henry. <laughs> yes, well, we don't like Henry. Anyway, uh, so Rick basically hooks up with Morgan. And we... Let's talk about Morgan for a minute. Okay. Morgan's going nutty fruit loopies. And this is another character from the beginning, from when we first introduced Morgan in the show, to now. Morgan's arc, one of the things they've done really well with Morgan and Carol is showing that this world that they live in, where everything has been stripped away, where where they have both lost children, where they have both lost family, where they Mm. have both lost friends, where they have both been forced to become killers... And rejected violence, mm-hmm. and then forced to become killers again after they've rejected violence. That, as much as the issue of mental health in pop culture and pop fiction is usually not anywhere near as accurate as it right. should be, Morgan is losing his mind in because he's warring with himself. Right, he's been. Again and again and again, he's been uh, hit in you know, emotional gut punches. His wife, his son, his community—you uh, know—finding a way to find make peace with himself, have that ripped away, basically become a killer, mm-hmm. and and essentially, you know, uh, a, a roaming death squad of one, mm-hmm. and then basically turn his back on that, and then have to pick up. Essentially, pick up the sword again, and it's—he's not someone who's—he was not meant to be a killer. That's not his core personality, mm-hmm. but he's really good at it, and that's really hard for him to deal with. And we know he's having visions because he's been seeing, um, over heaven's sex. What is it? Yeah, yeah, Gavin. Yeah, yeah. Seeing Gavin, the visions of Gavin because, and now he's starting to see visions of Henry, um, who's basically saying, you know. It should have been, you know, you should have been the one to kill. You sh- you should not have let a child kill Gavin. Mm-hmm. But really, honestly, they didn't have any choice. Well, Morgan, but... or Henry parachuted from the sky, <laughs> appeared in a, in, a, in a puff of sulfur, and, and did that. Like, you know, that's one of the things I hate about television, is that that the language of the camera allows for... The, for you to pretend that the characters on screen only see what the camera sees. Right. And and so it, 
it can be it can work really well, but then it can be super dumb and super obvious like that. Like everyone would have seen that kid walking up behind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one of those it's one of those things where Morgan's mental state, and again, it comes down to, to Lenny James' performance. Mm-hmm. He really does a phenomenal job. You and I have had you and I have had questions about Morgan at various right. points in, in the show, but overall, you know, again. It's the strength of the performance that really makes the character compelling. And one of the reasons we're not upset that he's moving over to Fear the Walking Dead. Right. Because it looks like he's actually going to help that show by being there and being the character that he is. Mm-hmm. So so he and Rick hook up, and they're talking about it. We're going to go in there and get the saviors, and, and right. bam, suddenly Rick's unconscious, and then they're tied up, and... And oh, because they found an arm and a leg. Yeah, they found an arm and a leg. <laughs> and they were looking at it. Huh. And, and and so they they are tied. They're now they're on the bar, and creepy long hair, whatever his name is, jerk jerky. Yeah, jerk it doesn't face. matter. It doesn't matter. Um, he is like, we've now got Rick and Morgan, and we can take him back to this to Savior's compound. We're going to leave these two fellows that were a bit here, and we're going to go back, and we're going to be heroes. Negan's going to love us now. Negan's going to love us now. And, and the other guys are all kind of like, Negan might be dead. And Simon said, we should not come back. We were lost. Like, you know, he didn't want us back. We should go back to the hilltop. And and Rick basic, Rick says, you know, we can take your guys. My truck's not far. We can take your bitten guys back and see if the hilltop doctors can save them. You can all come back. And Longhair is like, this is obviously not, this is obviously a trick. They're obviously lying. And Morgan's like, ah, I'm going to kill you all. Well, <laughs> Rick, Rick also looks at him and says, you know, I give you my word. In this world, that's all a man has. His word is his bond, which is almost identical to what Negan told him two, two episodes right. ago. I mean, almost word for so, word. So anyway, and they well, also say, "Oh, there's a there's a herd on their way, just by the who." Well, and Morgan, <laughs> Morgan in this moment is so damn funny in a really dark way. He's like, "Oh yeah," and he goes, well, "You know, I, I came out here to kill all of you guys, yeah. and but no, the herd really is coming. So, and it's a shame that you're all going to die because that means I don't get to kill you." And and he goes, "You know why? Because we all die." But none of us, none of us die because we all come back, right? And that's part of the. That's that kind of gets to the to the core of one of Morgan's issues is that he keeps living where everyone around him, you know, he, all these mm-hmm. people that he, he's loved have died, and yet they didn't die; they came back, mm-hmm. and he's still alive. But it's you know, it, it is eating at the core of who right. he is. And Rick's like, no, really, no, come on. And long hair guy is like, no. Trap. And everyone yeah. else is like, worth the risk. And and so then the walkers come in. <laughs> and he looked over. He goes, doors, doors. Why does anybody close doors in this world? Yeah, because they walk in through the front door. And now I know Tim pointed out to me when I said that that earlier they had said um, that the this place was not secure. Like walls had fallen down and stuff. But right. like the walkers come in through the front door. <laughs> and so, so you know, Rick uh, convinces somebody to untie him. They, they, well, long hair guy books it. Yeah. <laughs> and so the other guys, 
the ones who are questioning, like, we want to go back to the hilltop, they untie Rick and, like, Morgan, and they give them both weapons, and they're all fighting together to get these walkers, and Rick says to one of them, I'm almost out of ammunition, go, go, you go ahead. And he's like, yes, sir, and he goes to, to fight some walkers, and Rick takes his axe and plunges it into his neck. Well, before that, he looks at Morgan, and they do that whole, uh-huh, and yeah, yeah, they basically kill all and the... And they kill all of them. All the saviors who actually were willing to stand with them and return... And though as as horrible as that is, as much as that is flat out murder, um, Morgan and the long haired guy, I hate to say it, it is a very cruel, horrible thing that Morgan does to him. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about enjoying that scene. See, okay. I realize that kind of makes me a bad person. No, here's the problem. I would have loved to enjoy that scene. I've been waiting for that dude to die since he showed up. And that is some brilliant casting. That <laughs> they found the weaseliest, creepiest dude. And then they let him fester on this show for a full yeah. season and a half. To where when he finally bought it, you could be like, yes. Because Morgan, like... Pushes him into walkers and then closes the door and watches him be eaten. It's pretty awesome. He puts him in the room full of walkers and he and such a it's one of those uh, wire gate things. Mm-hmm. And then he reaches through it and grabs him and holds him there. Right by his shirt, he can't pull away. So the walk he's basically you know holding him. Might as well be holding him down. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really. Be- and so oddly say this, it's a beautifully shot scene. Mm-hmm. Camera angles, performances, I mean, both of them, both, the, both actors do a really fantastic job. The problem with that scene, as much as I really appreciate the fact that this character that we wanted to die does die, it follows the scene where he and Rick just straight up murdered a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem. If it had been, if all it would have taken, and that's why I'm saying I'm worried that maybe Andrew Lincoln has, has lost some investment in Rick and is not as interested in protecting that character as he was, because this is, this is for me, like, a def, a, like Rick has now stepped over a line. He's not killing people that are a direct threat, that are going to be a threat to the world or to his group. He is killing people because his widow feelings are hurt, and he's mad and sad. Well, and... and- that's not okay. Well, do we That's not okay? Not okay. But I think I think where I'm going to disagree with you is that immediately following this, you know, Morgan comes back and he, you know, he stabs a couple guys in the head who are who are dying there out on the floor, and he basically says they come back. And Rick grabs him, and this is this is why I think Rick wants to die. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Directly before this, there is a the guy he stabbed in the neck yeah, with the axe okay, is right. lying there on the floor and he says, he's not dead yet, and he goes, we were going to come back with you. We could have all survived this. Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? You know, you told us you were going to help us. And Rick says, I lied, and shoots him in the fucking head. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, that's right. Except after this scene. Yes. He looks at Morgan and says, why did you save me? And what Rick is doing in an entire scene right there is, I don't want to live. Why have you? Why did you let me live? 
for going back to the beginning of the show uh. and Rick saying, why did you let me live? Which is, and this is why I think Andrew Lincoln's fine with his investment in the character. Whether or not that means that Rick is going to get written any better, they're going to, they're going to drag Rick out of this, this terrible... I don't know horrible. if there's any way to redeem him at this point. Here's the thing, okay. and this is, a, this is also though. a thing about protagonist, protagonist theory. Like, Rick has been a moral center on this show. Even even when his morals were skewed, he was always striving to do the right thing. He has now done, like, 100% the ultimate wrong thing. And yet we have... But when you, you and I just praised Melissa McBride's Carol, who in season two, season three, murders people in the prison. She straight up murders right, them. Right, but she does it to protect the group, because they are going to get everybody sick. And okay, she, no, that's not a justifiable thing because everyone else looks at her and goes, "No, that's not how it works." <laughs> well, here, okay, let me let me use let me use a different you can't, example. You can't use the same. All right, let's. All right, now let's look at Fear the Walking Dead. No, because <laughs> no, listen, because Madison is Madison is Rick taken to twelve. Right. If Madison had done this, I would have no problem with it. Because she has always been written as, I'm. This is the only thing that matters to me is my survival and the survival of these other two people. Okay, and and, and I don't disagree with you, but you also have to remember that one of the things they try to do with Rick, that they have a really poor job track record wise with this show, is to give the audience a sense of Rick's inner. Mental state, okay? <laughs> true. Because they want him to be the hero, but they also want him to be tragic and mm-hmm. dealing with this. Because you know he's he's a cop, and there's order and all these things, and and he's lost his wife, and now he's lost his son, and all these things. But what the problem is is that they don't ever. This show, this show, this episode, and last episode. Last episode was mm-hmm. a lot of they gave people a minute, right. which I've been saying, give them a minute. Rick actually has like three minutes in this show. The beginning of the episode where he doesn't look at the envelope. He doesn't look at the letter. Mm. When he's asking Morgan, why did you save me? Because in that scene right there, he is in agony. And he's saying, you know, if you had just let me die, I wouldn't have to hurt right now like the way I do. And Morgan's like, I saved you because my kid was there. Mm -hmm. My son was there with me. And that's why I saved you because my son was there. And that was, and that's Rick right in that moment is being told, I saved you because someone I loved was there to see me and I needed to be a better person for them. Mm-hmm. And Rick right now is going, I had that and it's gone. He's, and, and, and because people are stupid and hurtful in their own pain, he's discounting the fact he has a daughter right. and he's discounting the fact that he's got Michonne. That is very human. However... If they don't correct, when the time comes for him to not kill Negan, if they don't kill Negan, like they did in the comic, they don't kill Negan. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert for the comic. Um, in the comic, he does let these people, uh, the, the saviors, a lot of the saviors live. And they do integrate them into the societies. If To get to that point, two episodes from now, if we're doing it this season or we're stretching yeah, on to next season... Now. Can't be the season. I, I, I would, I would hope not, because right now, to get to that point, you have to believe that Rick believes that he has to make those decisions, 
And my concern is not that they have made pushed him too far over the edge in terms of his moral compass, because Rick's moral compass has been a ping-pong ball throughout the entire run of the show. Um, my concern is not that he's not going to get over, quote-unquote, get over the death of Carl and find the ability to be a better man. My concern is that they're going to cram it into an episode. And it's going to come out the other side and we're going to go, okay, that's, that's stupid. Yeah, and it's not going to feel it's not going to feel right because when you get it as right as you do with Carol, when you get it as as interesting as they did done with Morgan, mm-hmm. and to not treat give Rick the same level of pull your act together but make it believable for the audience, he from the beginning of the show, you they have not allowed Rick to just be the handsome hero riding in to save the True. day. But they've also been willing to take Rick to the point where... Do you remember... remember the, okay, when, when, when the Ravagers... When Rick is sitting there and they're threatening his, they're threatening his son. Mm-hmm. When they're threatening Carl. And they're going to tell, tell him all the stuff they're going to do. And Rick just rears up and rips that guy straight out with his teeth. Mm-hmm. That was a moment where Rick was like... For those I love, I will burn the world to the ground. Right. Do not stand between me and those I love. This is not that. No. This is, you broke the per... I am blaming you for the loss of those I love. That's a different thing. It's also very human. But it makes it really, really hard to root for the roaring rampage of vengeance when the target is... Is legitimately saying, I want to help you. I want to be part of you. what you are. Yeah. And that's what that's how I, I that is where I am right now. That's not okay. Rick has no, Rick not is okay. not at this point in in the show a character that I can root for anymore. Well, you're not supposed to be rooting for him right here. You're not supposed to. I don't. Think I he, don't want him to survive this war. I want him to die. I want Andrew Lincoln to lose his job. That is where I am right now at this point in this episode. I would like for Andrew for Rick to be written off the show. Because he has crossed the line in a way that I do not believe he can be redeemed from. And a part of it is the, I am willing to destroy everything for my anger and forget that I have a woman who loves me and forget to have a daughter that depends on me. Well, but then you're, you're asking a character, and, and I'm giving the writers a lot of credit here, by the way. For a show that I have more than once, and you and I have both more than once went, oh look, is that the hand of the writer? Yeah. Slapping the audience across the face? Because they do that on this show. It is It is actually, in the real, honest-to-God world, it is a thing where people do forget about the people who, who love them and who they love. Because they get caught up in the pain of something else. That's a real thing. And, unfortunately, they have given us a character from pretty early on in the show where their reaction is pacifist or right. blow up the world. And but never, still again, still never to this level. Never to the, I am going to tell you I am here to help you and then murder you. That has never been a Rick thing. No, it hasn't been a Rick thing. But at the same time, again, you, you cannot discount the fact that even though a significant chunk of this, <laughs> I think you're forgetting. You're you're you can say you can't discount. I, I am completely you're discounting that. Fact. No, I accept <laughs> not that fact. Fair <laughs> enough. I will not argue the point with you. And here's the thing. Here's and I don't, and I don't so, agree with you though. I think so I think they, he's. I, 
I don't. At this point, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. And it's not going to be him going in and killing a bunch of other probably innocent people to get to Negan and then sparing him. Because that is not going to be okay with me either, by the way. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't be. So they show back up. Anyway, they get back to the, to the hilltop. And Alden sees him alone, covered in blood. And Morgan, just like gleefully evil, walks up to Henry. He's like, I killed the man who killed your brother. And Henry's like, I'm really sorry you had to do that. And he's like, no, what? Blah. And he runs off to cry. Don't, don't ever be sorry. Don't ever be sorry. And, and Alden and Rick kind of share a glance. And Alden's like, well. I tried. Yeah, I tried to save my guys. And then he goes upstairs and takes a shower. And, Which is good, because he's covered yeah. in blood. And, and, sh- and uh, Michonne shows up, and he's like, I'm sorry, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't just sit here. And she's like, no, you don't have to be sorry. And then they hug and kiss, and it's very sweet. And I'm really, really hoping that this is not a moment that they're just going to gloss over, because Michonne, I feel, would be with me and not be okay with this. Well... What what needs to happen now is because we see him, we basically see Rick opening the drawer again mm-hmm. and taking out the letter. He reads it. And what needs to happen is, and I realize, there's two episodes left. So I'm really concerned about this. Because where they have taken Rick to, where he's got to go to get to the point where he could be the hero. At, or, or at least, at least the villain we're rooting for. Uh... Because there's there's a scene there's a scene coming up that if they if, if Negan survives the war there's a scene in the cell where Rick again spoiler for the comic where Rick and Negan are talking after and Negan looks at him and says you kept me alive so that people could look at you and say he's a better man that's what I'm for I'm here so that people will look at you and see that you're better than me mm-hmm. and that's an important scene to have because where they're pushing Rick right now. You have to, if, there, if that scene doesn't exist, I'll be really disappointed. Because that scene is, with what they've given us for the last eight years of Rick, Rick needs his morality pet. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point where, based on what everything we got going with Carl, Negan almost has to become that morality pet. Yeah. Even, if, even if, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan shows up like every six episodes or whatever, or just, you know, goes down to the cell and Hannibal Lecter's all over the place. Um, you know, you have to have that, but you've got to get, you've got to get Rick from where he is right now to there. So, right. so he's reading the, the letter, and what I really want, and we've said the things we wanted, and then they happened. It was weird. I'm very confused by that, so I'm going to do it again. Okay. I want Rick to sit there and read that letter and look at Michonne and say, this is what I've done. And this is what I want to do. And I didn't think about you. I didn't think about Judith. I didn't think about anything except killing them. And they weren't people to me. They were just things to kill. I want him to have a Morgan speech. Mm -hmm. I want him to have a Carol speech. I want him to have that thing where he sits there and goes, this is my heart. This is the pain, and i got to get it out. Mm. And I'm concerned that they're not going to give him that. Because that's what this audience, I think, or at least this audience, pointing at myself here, has wanted them to do with Rick for a long time. Mm-hmm. To sit there and say, 
This is what Rick is doing inside his head. Right. Because we don't ever actually get that. Mm-hmm. Even when they've had Rick sit there and go, this is how I feel. It's like, no. Rip him open, expose the insides, and say, this is the whole reason he's pacifist this week, you know, psycho the next week. they got to have that right. scene. Um, remember when the letters originally appeared? Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's a scene in a show... And it's somebody reading a letter, and I think it was David Tennant, and then somebody else asks what the, the letter says, and he rips it up. Mm-hmm. I remembered. Yeah. It's The Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, yeah. Uh, season two of the reboot of Doctor Who. Two or three, yeah. Mm-hmm. When they were on uh, the Madame de Pompadour, the ship, mm-hmm. and the fireplace actually led to the actual Madame de Pompadour. Right, yeah. And uh, the Doctor promises her he's going to take her to be a companion, mm-hmm. and they go, he goes to, like, get something, he comes back, and 20 years has passed, and she's right. died, and he, she wrote him a letter, mm-hmm. uh, and he reads the letter, and the king, King Louis the, the whatever, says to him, what did the letter say? And he rips it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I've, I've, I remembered yeah. I remembered the thing. That's actually one of the. It's one of the. I think higher rated of the of the mm-hmm. show Doctor Who since it returned. Um, so anyway, all this happens, and we've got two episodes left, and I don't know how we're going to get Rick to wherever they're going to end this season. It's not going to be the, the the war can't be over in two episodes. It's just not feasible. But this war has gone on forever, and I, I just want it to end. I want I want the Savior storyline to be done with. I'll be honest. I really do. I do too. Now, speaking of the saviors and the storyline that will never die. Oh my god, you know we've been talking so much, we didn't even talk about Daryl and Tara. We didn't talk about... Well, the good thing about Daryl and Tara is that it's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, Tara still isn't dead. Yes. It's been 24 hours, she hasn't... She comes out and goes... Uh, it's been Dw- two days, I think is what Dwight didn't. Dwight didn't poison the arrow, and he did that on purpose. And Daryl's like, uh, I want him to die terrible because he's a bad person. And Tara's like, maybe not. And Dwight's like... I think he is. And she goes, well, that's fine, but it's all on you because I think he's on our side. And Daryl's like, grr. I mean, that's the entire scene. <laughs> Didn't we have the exact opposite opinions two episodes ago? Yes, we did. And then they stomp off an opposite direction. Exactly. So they're done. Oh, there. except Rosita and Daryl then st- stomp off to the munitions factory uh, because they realize that while the hilltop is running out of bullets, um, the saviors have Eugene, and he can make more bullets. Right, because it looks like the saviors are out of, oh, running out of bullets too, but it's a temporary state of affairs. So they go off to do that, and they find Eugene there, and they're like, "We can, we have to kill the people because we need the machines." Right, no, we got to kill the man. We got to kill Eugene because without Eugene, they can't make bullets, is what they yeah. say. So ne- maybe next, maybe next episode is, is a heist. It's a Eugene <laughs> heist. Oh, it would be so great if they had to bring Eugene back with him. I hate. He's another one, like, I, just the writers on the show, like, the way they make Negan talk and the way they make Eugene talk just makes me, makes me crazy in a way that is, it's the reason that I can't watch, um, uh, what's his name, the guy who writes, who wrote The West Wing and Social Network. Sorkin? I can't watch Aaron, Aaron Aaron Sorkin Sorkin stuff because no one in the world talks like that. (laughs) It is a very sterilized, stylized kind of. And kind so of I can't like Negan and 
and Simon and Eugene on this show are that for me. Like, I, no one in the world talks like this. It drives me crazy. Well, but actually, Negan today, on this oh, episode, yeah. actually got some bits where he wasn't talking in his trademark style. Right. But I have some real issues with this whole bit. So Jadis has captured Negan, taken him back to the junkyard. If that's her real name. If that's her real name. And we first see her in this lovely little room, mm-hmm. wood panels, it's very stylish, it's got one of those little, it looks like a little mini house thing, mm-hmm. it's very nice. So tiny houses. And it apparently, it's inside the junkyard somewhere, and we've talked about this before, it's like, how do the junkyard people live? Where are their homes? Where do they sleep? And apparently, they sleep in really nice little pods, <laughs> I guess, buried under the junkyard. Maybe. We still don't know. There's no sense of where these things are. Anyway, it looks really nice. I'm like, I'd like to live in that little box. So, I've lived in a little box. Negan has been staked out, and there's going to be fire and reflective stuff and light and things, and he's basically just going to cook him. Essentially, is what it looks like. Well, yeah. I well, I, she's setting up a signal flare. She's mm-hmm. she's creating a signal fire. Right, and he's doing. he's going to be gonna in use, it. Yeah, and she's going to use Lucille to light it. Mm-hmm. And but somehow. <laughs> Tiptoes his way, like he's tied to this thing, like right. And she leaves, she leaves valuable things. So she's got a, she packed a suitcase. So she's leaving. She's gonna go away, and she's got the suitcase right next to him, and he's able to get the suitcase open and get out a gun and her pictures and her, her friends, pictures and a single friend. And he's tied up uh, uh, while this is happening. By the way, I, it's like how what the how the. It's like, this is really poor planning, miss. You're not doing this right. So anyway, they get into a debate, because he's threatening to burn the photos. She's like, that's all I have left. And he's like, so I named my bat after my wife. And she's like, beg pardon? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, she got me through life. And then the bat got me through this whole thing. So I I named it after my wife. That's that's, that's, why why I feel I do about the bat. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then the helicopter shows up, and he's like, what? <laughs> and and they're fighting over a flare, because she's going to light the signal fire, and he doesn't want to light the signal fire because Lucille's in the signal fire. Right. And they they throw the flare into a puddle of water, mm-hmm. which puts out the flare. Uh, fun fact, that doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> Flares are water-resistant. Well, not only that... But the helicopter is right there, and apparently the people in the helicopter are blind mm-hmm. because there are two people who are visible right there. Mm-hmm. And the helicopter's like, now we're out. Yeah. Clearly there's no one here for us to talk to. And she's like, what? But I think she was signaling them. I think the helicopter people, because they even said there's a helipad around here. Yeah. Like, they knew that she was there. I. Would you like my theory? My By Jadis all means, theory? please give me your theory. Uh, Jadis is a super rich bitch. Like, super rich. And she would go slumming to do her art in the gra- in the in the junkyard. Mm-hmm. And so when all the crazy pants went down, the world ended, she was sitting in her super rich bitch compound, and she was like, I don't think that I want to lose my, my special graveyard. I think, or my special junkyard. I think I'm going to uh, to keep it and, and take some of my weirdo rich arty friends, and we're going to do weirdo rich arty stuff in the 
And so I think that you're probably right. I think there's probably little mini pods, little mini houses all over that graveyard that are just as nice. It is a graveyard, by the way. You Arch. keep saying you keep calling it graveyard, yeah. but it is a graveyard now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I don't know. It's, it's such a weird scene. It, basically, uh, he ends up saying, "Look, you know, this isn't my fault. It is my fault because I put somebody, you know, I put Simon in the position to do this, but that's not what I intended. I'm sorry." And for some reason, because the writers told her to, she accepts this. Because in any other state of affairs, she would have brained him with the bat and said, You're done! Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not what happens for reasons, I guess. Dramatic reasons. So she lets him go. And... (sighs) He he gets... She goes back to her her tiny house. Yeah. To take a nap. And he gets in his car, or a car, and he's driving away, and then he stops and goes, well, look at you. You look like crap. Get in the car. And we're like going, oh, it's that lady that... You were like that. Yeah. I still, I'm, I'm holding out. I don't know who... It's her. It's, 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 the, it's the lady that, that uh, Dwight did not, you know, she got, when he killed uh, all the saviors that he was with, she's the one who got away. And she's the one who knows that he betrayed. Oh, that lady! Yeah. Oh. So the uh, the savior that he didn't he. Oh. Who did you think I was talking? I about? I don't. I think I was thought you were talking about Dwight's wife. No, it's not going to be Dwight's wife. No, it's going to be it's the because because we saw. The, yeah. So Negan picks her up and takes her back, and what we saw, and he pulls up to the he pulls up to the compound, and he's like, "Hi guys, I'm back," and they're like. <gasps> He's like, don't tell anybody, because I have some things to talk to people about. I know things, and I know all kinds of things. And they don't show who's in the passenger seat, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be the the savior who got away. And so we saw a little bit of the preview for next week. And Negan's like, "Hi, Dwight. And he goes, Anything you want to tell me?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh no!" So that's the episode, and. I, I don't think that you and I have disagreed. So strongly about a a thing on this show ever as we do about Rick at this moment. I just don't think he's not redeemable. I I don't. It's going to take a lot. The problem is going to take a lot. The problem is is that they are where they should have been given. Where they should have been giving Rick moments so that we he builds to this point where we watch him because they did it. With Carol, they did it with Morgan, but because Rick is "quote unquote" the main character mm-hmm. or the point of view character, whatever you want to call him, they don't ever give him that time. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, it's an ensemble show. I know this, and yes, it's taken years to give us Carol this way. It's taken years to give us Morgan this way, and you, they haven't been able to do that with Rick. Or they haven't been willing to do that with Rick. And I think that it's unfair to the character. That I, And there's nothing you can do about it. There's something, they, they, this, this has been going on for years now. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just what it is. Um, because I don't... Eh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, that's this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've got another episode next week. And then, after that, we have both the season finale and the season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead on the same night, because they hate us, Dustin. They hate us with a... And you know they're both going to be two hours long. Oh, God. 
It be- oh, I don't know what I they're going to do. I, yeah, <laughs> I, no, they can't do that. So but, what will probably happen is that you and I will probably watch one episode on Sunday and one episode on Monday and do record twice. There's only, mm-hmm. I don't, you and I both have to get up way too early on Monday morning to try and do a marathon watch of this thing. So anyway, you guys probably get two podcasts that week. Woo, lucky you. Lucky us. Yeah. Or something. Anyway. Lucky. Thanks for listening, folks, to this episode of Zompocalypse Now. It's always a pleasure to do this for you guys. We we do have a good time yelling at each other. We um, do. We yell at each other all the time when we're not recording. Actually, we don't. We don't even speak to each other. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, I don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Dustin who? Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, but we do have a good time doing this, and we hope you enjoy it as well. If you could, uh, find us on iTunes, find us on podcast.com, wherever you're listening to us, and please... Rate, like, leave a comment. Let subscribe. Us, yeah, let us know that you're listening send to the show. A, send us a, a, a ping on the, 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 the socials. I don't even know. I don't like, even know like what you're and doing. And, and, and <laughs> We're on Facebook. Flare. Uh, Dustin and I are both on Twitter. I actually tweeted out stuff about the show this last week. I'll do it again this week. So, you know, that sort of feedback is really great for us to have. And certainly I look, was looking at our iTunes we don't. iTunes does not provide numbers for people, but I did notice that in terms, our most popular episode uh, in terms of just uh, traffic, is what traffic info they give us was the Disney uh, Zombies uh. one. That's very. People seem to have done a lot with that episode on, on iTunes, apparently. So, <laughs> whatever that means. So, if you could do that for us, for us, folks, that would be fantastic. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Timothy Harvey and Dustin Adair, all rights reserved.